Hi, Matt from Japan 2.0. We're almost at episode 100 and we've decided to celebrate with a contest. And we want to hear from you, the Japan 2.0 listener. We are looking for stories about your travels in Japan or your favorite aspects of Japanese culture or just what your favorite episode of the Japan 2.0 podcast. We're accepting both audio recordings and writings. So send your submissions to japan2.0 at gmail.com. Uh, that's spell out the point. Don't forget to spell out the point. And it's zero at the end. I know I always say Japan 2.0, but it's actually a zero. Everyone that submits will have their name placed in a hat, and the lucky winner will be sent a care package from Japan, which we are calling the Bag of Shame. Don't worry, there's nothing shameful in it. It's going to be a really awesome gift package. So、uh, look forward to that. Can't wait to hear from all of our listeners. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. On this episode, on this episode of, Japan, of Japan 2.0, I think once you're up there,、uh, you're seen as like, kind of like God status in Japan. So you, ha- you had to have a hit at one point. And probably the hit wasn't the wackies or anything. It was probably in some way slightly commercial or mainstream. This is Japan 2.0, and we have Kamen Rider right here, like taking out all the monsters. Yeah. There's、uh, this little kid running around, he's, he's pantomiming his, his jump kicks, and actually, he has a pretty good form. He must be trained. <laughs> he's probably like two years old, and I've never seen a two year old who's like got kung fu moves down like this kid does. Oh, this kid's got the, got the moves. He definitely looks like he's, he's practiced that. His, dad, his dad's like a sensei or something. Yeah. But、uh, yeah, we're here recording、uh, in Osaka. It's ca- starting to be fall. It my is. Fa- my favorite time of year in Japan. Oh man, it's a beautiful time of the year. The weather's great.、Uh, perfect day to be outside, relaxing with a cold beer, and recording a Japan 2.0 episode. That's right. And、uh, as this kid is uh, demonstrating, uh, the arts are important in Japan.、So、Very important. You just gotta practice them wherever you can. <laughs> yeah. I'm Matt. This is David. And today we're going to talk about arts, the arts in Japan, and、uh, patronage of the arts.、Um, it's a topic that actually came to us from a listener,、uh, Jackcast3000. Yeah, hacker alias, Jackcast3000. Yeah,、uh, he's been、uh, corresponding with us quite a bit, and、For、we really while, appreciate、yeah. his correspondence. And、uh, both David and I have、uh, started to have a lot of discussions based on uh, uh, his communication. So, It's, We thought it's a pretty deep, like, ideological, philosophical question that I don't think we're going to answer in this episode fully. We're kind of looking at this as a two parter. We don't know if it'll be back to back, but today we kind of think this is going to kind of ask questions more than maybe answer questions. And then the second episode, we're hoping to do a little more research, maybe get someone else on and get some answers.、Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of going to be the format, but what, what is his exact question, Matt? Yeah, his question was.、Um, How, oh, whoops, moving a little bit, moving a little bit. All right.、Uh, 
uh, his question was how um, how why why is Japan you know a purveyor of like weird or interesting or funny kind of like strange art art yeah and um, and both David and I have talked about this a little bit off the off the air and um, I think he started with like why is like some Jap- Japanese media is so wacky and then and like zany, well, right? zany. and then over time he's kind of asking more kind of like built his question a bit more and was like why are the creatives given such free reign here to kind of do whatever they want where like normally in western culture they might get cut you know like yeah. what you're doing is not going to make money it's a little bit too out there yeah you hear it all the time a director had an idea and you know the studio says sorry we're canceling your movie because we just can't do this right now or the audiences won't be interested in this right um yeah but i think both you and i agree that um not all of japanese art is like that and there might be a little more background that informs like how art is made yeah he used the movie funky forest i think is like his prototypical example um as like wacky and for sure that's it's probably top five strangest movies i've ever seen you know um but i would say and this is kind of like a short version of my answer overall is like that movie's not normal or common or that's one in a million you know yeah i mean the more i think about it the more i think of artists that do do things that kind of outside of the norm i mean even murakami which is a he's a famous um writer you know like his books border on that magical realism you know or or surrealist you know um surrealist kind of stories and i think that they are kind of comparable but once again he's a very small uh i mean he's a famous writer but he's also one of very few that do stories like this he's famous for a reason and that he's not like the regular or not the most common i would say i think in literature you do get a little more like some freedom sexual uh what maybe seen by Western culture is weird. Uh, I think in Japanese literature more often, a lot of like mother issues and like incest, certain things that come up a lot in like Japanese literature that I've come across across multiple authors. It's funny that you go go there immediately. Well, David. you brought up Murakami. <laughs> no, I mean uh, the, every, every I, one of his books. I've read Murakami, so yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think that um, that's true, but I also think there's that. Um, you know there's a tendency to have like strange creatures or talking animals and um uh strange situations you know situations that are outside of the norm but are kind of you could kind of see it happening and they kind of build that stereotypical japanese zaniness you know that people i think have in their imagination i think it's partially because americans have kind of been um sold some of the idea of weird japan or cool japan or zany japan right or strange japan yeah i mean that being said i just read a japanese book a couple months ago called the convenience store woman and it's pretty standard it's just about a lady working at a convenience store there's i would never call it weird you know so like it just goes to show you that i, I don't know there's a lot of weird western writers too so I, yeah yeah i, I think there's I don't think japan's really weirder than than western media so that's kind of the episode what we'll be getting into is like so why i think in the beginning part like why does japan have that image and then secondly going into like how their creatives are given for rain because I, I do agree with that that i do think certain creatives here are able to go to these levels that i don't often see in western media but i do think it's rare yeah um 
So yeah, Japan has this image of being really zany and weird and wacky, right? Well, let's start there. Like, like, where did you first find? Like, I think you had probably. I had that perception, you know, when I was living yeah, in the states, and I'm trying to think did. about where that perception comes from. My and own personal one was from a website called back. This would have been like 1999, 2000. It was called uh, like weirdjapanesevideos.com. I think was the name of it. Mm. It, was, it was a blog before there was blogs. And just compiled like mostly commercials, Japanese commercials. It was my favorite. I'd go home every day on my compact presario. It was like the first thing I would do would be like go watch those. And yeah, I was totally one of those people that just thought, man, like what's going on over there? I, I want to go there. Like it was one of those really reasons why I wanted to go. It was like I wanted to figure out if that was actually real life or not. Or I didn't wasn't really smart enough to consider that it wasn't. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to see it with my own eyes, you know. Yeah. So for me, it was definitely yeah the internet, just seeing videos on the internet. I can remember a video of like cats playing the drums in like a punk rock band. And I've seen those vinyl records now, actually. Um, I remember seeing like a like an infomercial for like an aerobics instructor, but like the aerobics instructor was like a, a poodle lady, but it looked so real, like an actual real human who had uh, poodle-like features. And just those are some ones that just really stand out in my mind. Besides a lot of like just kind of nonsensical ones. Oh yeah, so me it would have been. Yeah, watching like before there was YouTube, even just like clips of Japanese TV commercials online. Yeah, I would say that's kind of where it started for me. How about you? I mean, mine goes pretty early back. I mean, I had that. Um, I've talked about this before. The Weird Al video where they go to Japan and they, he's kind of on a variety show and they're doing all sorts of the, like mm. sumo wrestlers are dancing to his music and it was very zany and and odd. And um, but then uh, later on, I would say anime played a big part in that, oh, yeah, just yeah. because there were so many cultural differences, uh, you know, in the anime, like things like all the the edited bath scenes or yeah. the, um, you know, the food that they were eating, and they were saying, "Oh, we're eating hamburgers," and they're eating, you know, obviously Char- something not a hamburger. Characters you know? getting nosebleeds. Yeah, the nosebleeds, yeah, yeah. all the tropes, the Japanese tropes that you know we've come to know and understand, and actually Western animation has kind of embraced, you know, over the last few years. Um, you know, learning the language of animation, you know, and and Japanese animation was part part of the thing that got me interested in Japanese kind of the the more odd parts of Japanese culture. And I always knew that the um, the stories worked differently, and um, uh, the character portrayals were the the characters were portrayed differently, you know, in not very you know familiar ways. And so I think that part part of like Dragon Ball Z is a good example where they had talking cats and and they were just talking and when the policeman on the street was like a bear, right? Mm. Like things like that that weren't explained kind of like I don't know, like sparked my imagination and they seemed zany to me, you know? But once yeah. again, it was the limited um, I think it was the limited uh, exposure that I had to Japanese culture, right? Was that was the stuff being imported. Yeah, we grew up with video games too, right? And yeah. our formative years are kind of like the PlayStation, Dreamcast eras, right? Right. And uh, we don't know, we were talking off mic, like, I feel like that time, that's still the same time, like 98, you know, around 98, 2000. I don't know if it was the games that were coming out. Maybe it was like a newer form of media still at that point. So it wasn't taken too seriously. So people could just try things like throwing spaghetti to the wall and see what's stuck, you know? Yeah. But 
that's still like my favorite era of games just because I felt like the creativity was at a really big high and there's like just the, the craziest games are coming out then particularly for the Dreamcast for me I think that's probably the reason I like the Dreamcast um, so yeah gaming culture then more than now I would say um, or even uh, PlayStation really pushed strange games they had um, I think it was just the fan base too right like it sold so well that people were just putting anything on it yeah and I mean obviously these creative types were given free reign to like create some ideas that were a little more bizarre games like Parappa the Rapper Jet Set Radio you know some of our favorites came from this era yeah um and then I think uh Incredible Crisis is another one that's a good example of a game that just was so strange you play as a businessman that goes on like um all these adventures and there was a game where you play as the mosquito and you bite bite people, people in their uh, house it's like a voyeuristic kind of Romania game you know yeah, yeah. there's so many I mean, we could we could almost have a whole show about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, you know, we probably we, should <laughs> we've talked about that before <laughs> um but yeah so that was another big aspect of us and yeah to be honest i thought Japan was kind of weird, wacky, and zany, and I wasn't really smart enough to think, well, maybe that's just like the media's portrayal or it's all version. So it wasn't really until I moved here that I could say any different, you know? I mean, once I moved to Korea, I think I started to kind of get a more worldly perspective or just understand how this country is. You go to any country and see things that kind of strike you as weird or zany, you know, that's not your own country. Yeah. Um, I think part of it, now that we're discussing this, I think part of it has to do with the 90s in the 80s bubble era yeah they had I think money, people right? had money and yeah. so they had they were more willing to take more risks and um i think a lot of times you know the american i can only speak from american perspective but i think our uh like our video stores and stuff had sections that had like specialty films mm. and it would be those more bizarre more bizarre films like you know um like funky forest or uh you know the grindhouse films of the day or the um strange samurai you know like one of my favorite ones movies. is a film called non-stop it's actually i think korean made but it features a lot of japanese actors in it. and it's about a story that takes place during all running two hours of running which is non non-stop running chances you're not you know gonna like not be able to eat food yeah yeah so. i think that's where a lot of you know people had their introduction with japanese culture and i think that might have might paint our view um but then then again like i mean we going back to commercials like if you put on a, a any television station you, the commercials are still really yeah. weird so i think i would like yeah argue i mean kind of in this point that stuff's not really that wacky here i can't remember the last thing i saw living in japan that i thought twice a year i see that but back home i see that stuff once twice a year you know yeah it's not super super common but you you do find really odd things at on occasion like once i was i was going by my park and there was a woman dressed in a um a pink like uh she looked kind of like a pitman you know like a pink jumpsuit mm -hmm. like with a little note on her head kind of yeah. like mashabu to herself she had like a speaker and everything she, she seemed pretty put together other than being jumpsuit <laughs> you know 
so on occasion you do see weird things like that you know yeah, i feel like if you're in the states you see a naked cowboy walking around playing guitar in times square touche that's, that's pretty weird too touché. like <laughs> i know he's like famous right but i mean i have local and charismatic people yeah, yeah yeah i know maybe there's a slight bit more of it here but it's not to the proportion i think stereotypes but yeah commercials you mentioned commercials i still think tv commercials before living here living here they're weird yeah <laughs> uh i think that's like the thing i think this is how they get your attention you know yeah. a lot of times tv's being played here this is where you can't hear it so you're at bars you're at restaurants like you always know, i think a lot of tv watching in japan actually doesn't always happen at home where you can hear it well we don't watch a lot of tv i don't have we, TV we definitely up. don't but my, my point is that like you just see tv on out and about here a lot and i think Having something that's like kind of off the wall like that will grab your attention still, even if you can't really hear it's being said. That makes mm. sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes it you does. look in that direction, and then you see that product, you see that thing. You have a certain memory association with that, you know? Yeah. The whole idea of commercials is to catch your attention, right? Sure. Uh, so maybe that's why. But anyway, I think I think the root of um, the question from Jackie Boy was uh, the arts, movies like Funky Forest, which I'll, I'll talk about now. Like how how does that happen? How does that get greenlit? So Funky Forest is this movie starring uh, Asano Toronabu, who's one of my favorite actors. He doesn't do much anymore. I think he's kind of taking a break and getting like politics or something. But I always just call him the Johnny Depp of Japan. The good Johnny Depp, not the bad Johnny Depp. <laughs> Before uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp of Japan. Or domestic abuse. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Depp. Something like Benny and June, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one. Yeah, the artistic. Yeah, he's got, he was in a band, he's got long hair, he's a cool, like, artsy guy. I've actually run into him two or three times in Tokyo. Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp, yeah. I would rather Asano Tonabu. He's, he's cooler to me than Johnny Depp. Uh, him. And, anyhow, he, he's in it, and there's another one called Taste of Tea, that's the English translation. And they're very similar movies, like, all the same actors are in them. Survive Styles 5 is another one, but I think that's a different director. Uh, so all three of these movies, really, really wacky, really crazy. There's no narrative, uh, very little narrative, at least some more than others. And it's just like a bunch of random scenes and the most like visually off the wall, mind boggling stuff you can see. Uh, one example would be a guy goes to the PE teacher, like the nurse in the school and says like, he's got like a problem in his stomach and he like sits down and the guy like looks like in his mouth with the light. And then, like, this weird, like, ball thing, like, drops to the chair. There's, like, a hole in the chair. I mean, essentially, it looks like one big testicle or something. And the guy, like, starts, like, flicking it. <laughs> and then behind that, as that's going on, there's this, like, a classic Japanese schoolgirl playing Batman, like, practicing strokes back and forth. And it's just this really prolonged scene of, like, those two things happening. And then it'll cut to, like, some weird little monsters being, like, played as instruments. And, yeah, just really... It is bizarre. It's a very bizarre, wacky yeah, it's movie. It's very art house, kind of like a gallery kind of uh, yeah. skits. and That's yeah. right. So how, how does that get made, right? That, that's kind of the question. And then there's other media like that, too. I know this is just one example. If you've never seen um, Funky Forest, definitely, it's, it's one you can just YouTube, you know? You don't really need to see the whole thing. Uh, I've watched it a lot. It's great to throw on at parties. Mm. It's a great background video. I agree. Um so how, yeah, how does that stuff get made? So we don't really know, to be honest. I've, to, to know, I'd have to like talk to people who work in the media industry and get the answer, right? And I don't know. We don't, we don't know that person. So I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But um, 
yeah, what we're hoping to do is just talk with some people who maybe uh, maybe have friends of friends in that industry or something like that who can ask that and answer next time. But my my biggest theory is that like Japan is a country of bureaucracy, meaning that um, to get things done, there's a lot of red tape and you have to really go up the ladder. And it takes a long time for yourself to work your way up that ladder. But also, it's once you're worked your way up there slowly, it's, it's very hard to come off that ladder, at the top of the ladder. Mm. You kind of get stuck there, which is good for you if you're there. Um, so I think a lot of movie directors, I'm talking more about movies or games. I think Matt will bring a comic uh, side. I don't know that much about comics. But um, I think once you're up there, uh, you're seen as like kind of like God status in Japan. So you, ha- you had to have a hit at one point. And probably the hit wasn't the wackies or anything. It was probably in some way slightly commercial or mainstream once you did that though i think you're like given free reign to do whatever you want and no one can really tell you otherwise because like you're famous and it's not that easy to be famous in the media here or make money in the arts here so um compared to like western culture where there's a lot of money to be made in that business and i think because of that you get a lot of business savvy people in the arts in the states and it's all about making connections and you know you got the whole gallery culture and all that I don't think that exists here from what I've heard. And I have friends, you know, who are struggling artists, many struggling artists, and they don't make that much money. So, yeah, I think that uh, these people, first of all, aren't making big budget Hollywood movies. They're not working for, like, major corporations. They're, they're independent small films. And because of that, yeah, people are afraid, perhaps, to tell them no or to tell them the truth because they've already made it in some other way. So I think if you have, like, one hit movie here, they, they kind of let you get four or five just whatever you want to do before they'll finally cut you off that's kind of my anecdotal experience slash theory hmm. what do you think about that yeah i think it, i think it's kind of it rings true in other industries i think you mentioned like the comic book side um you know i'll come at it from the comic book side i think that there are a lot of artists that that do have to do the shonen like comic before they get the free reign mm. to like do their more exper- experimental stuff. Yeah. And even when they do get to do their experimental stuff, they usually have to fall back on their their uh, tried and true, you know, series and stuff and like revisit their series and, and things like that. Um, I think that part of the reason is because the patronage just isn't there for things that aren't su- successful, right? So... Um, in the comic book industry the way it works is they don't make a lot of money on the actual comic book they make money on the merchandise and the rights for video games and rights for like movies and other things like that so it incentivizes them to like be kind of a part of that process and keep those things going you know you might wonder why there's a million dragon ball series right well akira toriyama gets probably gets more money from you know the merchandise and the gotchas and the video games and stuff like that than he does from actually the the comic book he created you know worked on for you know however many years of his life yeah and like for me it's kind of one of the disappointing aspects of living in japan to be honest was like yeah i do like some of that wackier zanier stuff that i learned about abroad before i lived here and when you come out here you don't really see it being sold that easily or like there's such few places that we have to still get really excited when we do and yeah. I almost feel like sometimes, like, I see a lot of stuff I like being sold in the West. Like, um, some American small Kickstarter or something's making it, and mm. I'm buying it here in Japan and having to, like, ship it from the States over <laughs> and paying import fees, and it feels like, hey, what's going on? I moved to Japan, you know, to kind of get that stuff. But, yeah, well, Tayo Matsumoto is an example of that. Um, it definitely feels like a slowdown, right? So, um, music like- music's kind of the same way, too, you know? Like, I mean... Um, 
Japan has been known to have like um, some zany Japanese artists and like more creative people willing to take a risk on music but um, these days like I mean you don't see a lot of risks you know people are playing it pretty safe for the most part other than the independent yeah. artists you I know like I mean Kyo Pamu Pamu like you know her yeah yeah when I was in the states last like living there so like seven eight years ago now she was like the last people would come to me and be like what is like you know, I didn't even live in Japan I lived in Korea before it was the closest thing and they'd be like tell me about this like how is this possible how does this person exist you know uh, she was probably like the last mainstream big person like that you know yeah. I wouldn't say her music's really taking risks it's more the visuals that were taking risks um, but yeah that, that stuff kind of seems rare and again like something like Akuta for me that I really like bigger in the west than it is here Taiyo Matsumoto I think has a bigger western following than he does within Japan himself so like some of that zany stuff I actually think is just Westerners are attracted to actually more than in Japan, which I mean, you'd say, why, why are you Westerners so zany? Why do you like that zany, weird, wacky stuff? Maybe you're the weird ones. Yeah, man, yeah, this is really spiraled out. <laughs> this conversation is spiraled out of control, man. Uh, well, no, no, no I, no, I think it's interesting, but um, it, it's making me think of a lot of things that uh, I hadn't thought about. One thing that I think um japan does uh, is a lot of times they have appreciation for western culture or appreciation from for um, arts from other cultures mm. and um sometimes some of that zaniness is actually adopted from things that have already been done you know i mean you and i enjoy pizzicato fives music right sure. you know they were a shibuya k band from the 90s mm. and um but they they were taking things from a lot of french movies and french you know art and it wasn't particularly and their music was unique and in, in their own style mm. and stuff because they put like that japanese twist on it yeah but um but like the freedom tapes which is an album that both you and i, I think are is one of their best albums yeah. little eps i yeah. guess um is it's all based on that movie um i forget what it is it's a french movie about like making fun of americana you know mm. um captain it's about this like superhero football guy oh, that um it, i mean if you saw it you would say oh my man i could see the influence mm. from from this movie but um but i think that some of that stuff that we find that's so zany is actually from I mean, it's like all of us. We all are inspired. Anybody yeah. who's creative knows that they're inspired from someone somewhere. Mm. And it might not matter where you get that inspiration from, but, yeah. um, you know, what you create from it, right? Sure. So I wonder if, uh, um, you know, I wonder how much of that weird attribution is just us, like, seeing something like a reflection of ourselves. And that's why it was, um, I don't know, Strange. like strange and then also marketed right because when i do think about like going to the video store back in the day like the dvd d section and all the japanese movies were, were pretty bizarre i mean i don't remember seeing like very maybe i was looking for the more bizarre movies maybe mm. it's something that you know i was seeking out but uh i don't remember there being many like but like i said dramas I or like westerners kind of expect that or that's what they're going to consume like when you go to the movie theater here and you see the movies playing yeah they all look so boring <laughs> standard yeah, that's true. And, I'm always, true and I'm always like where are like all these I, I love Japanese movies it's not something I talk that much about in the podcast and we've always thought about you know maybe we're doing some movie reviews or something but I particularly love like yeah late 90s early 2000s yeah 
I've always found it this way. When I was do- living in Korea, I never really watched Korean movies. But before I lived there, I always watched a lot of Korean movies, you know? Yeah. Anyway, long story short, I was pretty excited to just, like, pop in movie theaters here and just watch Japanese movies, even though I didn't know what was going on. But, like, I'd say uh, just a couple times a year are the ones that kind of look like the kind of more indie, artsy movies. And they're pretty mainstream, right? There have been very few that have like I've seen the posters of and I thought oh that looks like it would be fun to watch you know other than I mean tried and true stuff like you know a Naruto movie or or some anime movie that looks cool Promare you know I really wanted to see that in the theaters yeah um like stuff from studios that I respect you know mm-hmm. or, or a lot of times it's anime just because I know it's visually yeah. you know gonna be a I, I would appealing. say like yeah again going to writing based things I, I do give that a little more creed of like it is a little more different than Western culture mm. from anime, manga, put those two together, and like writing literature. I do think those are a little more, I don't know, abstract. Other when it comes to like maybe more just things people see on the internet, you know, like video type stuff. I just think you're seeing a through a filter almost, or like now it's become such a thing that I think that's what gets exported because they know. There's, like, Machine Gun Girl, some movie with, like, a girl's, like, a machine gun leg. I guarantee you, like, that was bigger in the States than it, than it was here, you know? Because yeah. that's, like, what people expect or what they want. I almost feel like the people here are making it almost can know now that they're making it for, like, the West, you know? Or what was that Metal Gear game with Raiden uh, by Platinum Games? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Metal Gear Rising? Was yeah, it? Rising. Or Revengeance. Revengeance. Was it Revengeance? Rising Revengeance. I think it's Rising. <laughs> and anyway, I think like a game like that is almost now Japan capitalizing on like knowing that reputation and knowing it's going to sell more in the West and kind of making it for a bit of a Western audience. And they even had on Ryan Payton for a long time. Uh, there was an American guy working for Konami who like advised them on what to do. And I do kind of remember him saying, like, oh, yeah, they'd ask me. Like, he, he would help them with those ideas to like push some of that bizarreness because that's what people like Mm. um do you think uh, do you think some of the bizarreness um you know and the people that do create like you know more left field mm -hmm. kind of movies and anime manga music whatever do you think it is a pushback against uh you know that old saying the nail that sticks up the highest gets hit down right like you know the uh, this idea of conformity that kind of japan is also known for uh, yeah like i was saying i think one of the cool things about the arts here because it's not something you can make a lot of money off of basically a lot of money is made off the arts but it doesn't go to the artists typically the, the rights that they're given or the contracts they have aren't like in western countries yeah from what i understand again um and yeah the, the company is making the money or the talent yeah. agency is who's making the money so yeah i think the people that are attracted to these fields here are kind of like true true artists whatever that means how you want to interpret that but they're not in it for the money i think that that's one of the things that incentivizes patronage as well is that the companies can take a risk because they're going to make the money back on it anyway and the art and it would take a large amount of of um success for the author to make the money yeah the money back budgets are much smaller here too right like when you see like a godzilla type movie here you know like is you can look at it in a certain way and be like, oh man, that CG is like kind of cheesy and stuff, you know, um, compared to like the, the latest Western release. So I just think, yeah, it's just a feel with less money put into it. And because there's less money, then you can take more risk, right? The more money is put into something. That's why, like, I think video games today aren't that interesting anymore, Japanese ones particularly, because 
for them to compete with like the Western budgets and stuff. Yeah. It's like you have to make money off that. You can't green light something that's gonna lose money. It's a risk. It's right. a risk. Um, anime is the same way. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast mm. before that like there haven't been a lot of anime that speak to us because the quality has gone down. You know, the the types of anime being made are not as I don't know. I wouldn't say edgy, but like um, unique yeah as we've seen in the past and it's probably just because it's too expensive you know and um i know computer animation is is becoming more popular Mm. and uh is getting closer to like what uh what we recognize as like the anime style Mm. right but even then like i mean i don't think they can make the the movies cheap enough to make them as quality as they you know we'd like to see i'd love to see another akira but i don't know if we're ever going to see that ever again yeah. right so some things i think like we're hope we're kind of asking to kind of like bring it together like you said we are uh spiraling uh i don't know in many different directions yeah, in this episode it, yeah. but like to bring it all together i think we want to say like were things more artsy back in the 90s you know 80s 90s or is that stuff going away um I think we kind of want to ask you, like, is that bigger in the West than, than it is in Japan? Like, for example, like, do Westerners just have more of a taste for that? And that's kind of like what's sent over there, imported over there, you know what I mean? Or, mm. or is that actually what's going on here? Because, again, from my experience, I don't really see a lot of that stuff here. I almost, I see most of it on the internet. It's not like I'm walking around seeing that more zany stuff played. You know, I do, I do want to say that, like, there is a big indie arts community in the major cities at least you know i can't speak for everywhere but like here in osaka like we do have the flea markets and we do have uh we've been to some community like conventions or book flea markets Mm. and things like that where there are people selling their original art and selling um their original comic books or you know photography or whatever it could be so i mean uh and some of that stuff is pretty bizarre as well so i think that um you know even though the market might not sustain like big budget you know things like they used to uh in the when the bubble era existed i think that um there's still people doing those things it's just on a smaller scale and you kind of have to it's one of those things that i love about japan is you have to seek it out you have to really have a keen eye and when you do find it it's something special um a friend of ours he did his own indie comic Mm. and we had a um party uh, party for him and uh we he displayed his artwork we got to buy some of his artwork you know it was like really awesome and it, i felt really great like supporting him and um and i've always like people come to my house and they say oh that's nice art or you know you have some nice stuff up and uh and i go to your house and you have a bunch of his art up and i think like man this is so great you know like his his work is so so interesting and so mm. unique and it's got like yokai on it or or interesting animals like strange like barnacles from the sea and stuff mm. and um so the, there are people just creating for creating creators sake sure and you might not find them like you know on the big screen or in like your your major bookstore but um they're still out there you yeah. know and they they do have those unique ideas mm. so i think it's a good stopping point and uh yeah once we get answers we'll come back whenever that may be yeah 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 if you have if you have yeah, you if know, you have your answers. opinions or yeah. um if you 
uh, disagree with us on anything, you know, you can always get get back at us at Japan 2.0. Uh, we're all over the internet. Uh, you can find us. Uh, just spell out Japan and spell out the point. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere where you find fine podcasts. Please rate and review us. You know, that uh, some people have been doing that and it really helps us with our... Uh, uh, build our community and you know we're uh, getting to know a lot of you and it's really awesome so keep the comments and uh, questions coming uh, don't forget to uh, try to win our contest you know that's right uh, submit your audio or your favorite Japan stories and uh, and then uh, um, yeah, get we'll, back we'll at us get the bag and, of shame yeah if you win the bag of shame you're gonna be you're gonna be loving this bag yeah. of shame uh, song of the show This is a band I heard it before I think I saw the records at Flake Records in Osaka But I listened to a song today And I really really liked it by them for the first time ever They're called either Mano no Aware If it's Japanese pronunciation Or Mano no Aware I'm not sure exactly how you say it um, and yeah, they're like an indie band And they're playing with Cornelius right now They're touring with him Oh cool But they have a really small amount of views I was surprised um, Like 30,000, 40,000 on, on Spotify. That's about oh, it. Oh, man. Once they get the Japan, Japan 2.0 bump, bump. Yeah, yeah, you'll see that go up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, this one, I, I don't know the name of it. So check the show notes. I'll put it over. Uh, a lot of kanji. But uh, it's awesome. It's it's. I've never heard such like a song that's actually a good song and funny at the same time. I think there's a lot of onomatopoeia in it. So enjoy a funny song. That's good. Until next time. I'm not